Section 16 of The Wound Dresser by Walt Whitman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letters of 1864 continued. 21. Washington, May 18, 1864. Dearest Mother, I will only write you a hasty note this time as I am pretty tired and my head feels disagreeable from being in too much. I was up yesterday to Carver Hospital and again saw the man of the 51st, Thomas McCowell, who told me of George up to the latter part of Thursday, 12th inst. I questioned him and his story was very clear, so I felt perfectly satisfied. He is wounded in hand, will be transferred soon to New York and may call on you. He is a young Irishman and seems to be a very good fellow indeed. I have written to George day before yesterday. Did you send my last letter to Han? If not, send it yet. Mother, I see such awful things. I expect one of these days, if I live, I shall have awful thoughts and dreams. But it is such a great thing to be able to do some real good, assuage these horrible pains and wounds, and save life even. That's the only thing that keeps a fellow up. Well, dear mother, I make such reckoning of yet coming on and seeing you. How I want to see Jeff, too. Oh, it is too bad I have not written to him so long. And Matt, too, and little California and all. I am going out now a little while. I remain first-rate, as well as ever. Walt. 22. Washington, Monday forenoon, May twenty-third, sixty-four. Dear Brother Jeff, I received your letter yesterday. I, too, had got a few lines from George, dated on the field, 16th. He said he had also just written to Mother. I cannot make out there has been any fighting since in which the Ninth Corps has been engaged. I do hope Mother will not get despondent and so unhappy. I suppose it is idle to say I think George's chances are very good for coming out of this campaign safe, yet at present it seems to me so but it is indeed idle to say so, for no one can tell what a day may bring forth. Sometimes I think that should it come, when it must be to fall in battle, one's anguish over a son or brother killed would be tempered with much to take the edge off. I can honestly say it has no terrors for me, if I had to be hit in battle, as far as I myself am concerned. It would be a noble and manly death, and in the best cause. Then one finds, as I have the past year, that our feelings and imaginations make a thousand times too much of the whole matter. Of the many I have seen die, or known of, the past year, I have not seen or heard of one who met death with any terror. Yesterday afternoon I spent a good part of the afternoon with a young man of seventeen named Charles Cutter of Lawrence City, Massachusetts. 1st Massachusetts Heavy Artillery, Battery M. He was brought into one of the hospitals mortally wounded in abdomen. Well, I thought to myself, as I sat looking at him, it ought to be a relief to his folks after all, if they could see how little he suffered. He lay very placid in a half-lethargy with his eyes closed. It was very warm, and I sat a long while fanning him and wiping the sweat. At length he opened his eyes quite wide and clear and looked inquiringly around. I said, What is it, my dear? Do you want anything? 
he said quietly with a good-natured smile oh nothing i was only looking around to see who was with me his mind was somewhat wandering yet he lay so peaceful in his dying condition he seemed to be a real new england country boy so good-natured with a pleasant homely way and quite a fine-looking boy without any doubt he died in course of night there don't seem to be any war news of importance very late we have been fearfully disappointed with siegel not making his junction from the lower part of the valley and perhaps harassing lee's left or left rear which the junction or equivalent to it was an indispensable part of grant's plan we think this is one great reason why things have lagged so with the army some here are furious with siegel you will see he has been superseded his losses in his repulse are not so important though annoying enough but it was of the greatest consequence that he should have hastened through the gaps ten or twelve days ago at all hazards and come in from the west keeping near enough to our right to have assistance if he needed it jeff i suppose you know that there has been quite a large army lying idle mostly of artillery regiments manning the numerous forts around here they have been the fattest and hardiest regiments anywhere to be seen and full in numbers some of them numbering two thousand men well they have all every one been shoved down to the front lately we have had the militia regiments pouring in here mostly from ohio they look first-rate i saw two or three come in yesterday splendid american young men from farms mostly we are to have them for a hundred days and probably they will not refuse to stay another hundred jeff tell mother i shall write wednesday certain or if i hear anything i will write to-morrow i still think we shall get richmond walt jeff you must take this up to mother as soon as you go home jeff i have changed my quarters i moved saturday last i am now at five hundred two pennsylvania avenue near third street i still go a little almost daily to major hapgood's corner fifteenth and f streets fifth floor am apt to be there about twelve or one see fred mcready and others of fifty-first george's letter to me of sixteenth i sent to han should like to see mr werther if he comes here give my best remembrance to mr lane i may very likely go down for a few days to ball plain and fredericksburg but one is wanted here permanently more than any other place i have written to george several times in hopes one at least may reach him mattie my dear sister how are you getting along oh how i should like to see you this very day twenty three washington may twenty fifth eighteen sixty four dearest mother i have not heard anything of george or the regiment or corps more than i have already written i got jeff's letter on sunday and wrote to him next day which you have seen mother of course i have written to han and sent her george's letter to me dated sixteenth i have heard that the ninth corps has been moved to the extreme left of the army i should think by accounts this morning that the army must be nearly halfway from fredericksburg to richmond the advance can't be more than thirty to thirty-five miles from there. I see Fred McReady about every other day. I have to go down to Alexandria, about six miles from here. He is doing quite well, but very tired of the confinement. I still go around daily and nightly among wounded. Mother, it is just the same old story. Poor, suffering young men, 
Great swarms of them come up here now every day all battered and bloody. There have four thousand arrived here this morning and fifteen hundred yesterday. They appear to be bringing them all up here from Fredericksburg. The journey from the field till they get aboard the boats at Ball Plain is horrible. I believe I wrote several times about Oscar Cunningham, 82nd Ohio, amputation of right leg, wounded over a year ago, a friend of mine here. He is rapidly sinking, said to me yesterday, oh, if he could only die. The young lad Cutter of 1st Massachusetts Heavy Artillery I was with Sunday afternoon, I wrote about in Jeff's letter, still holds out. Poor boy, there is no chance for him at all but mother i shall make you gloomy enough if i go on with these kind of particulars only i know you like to hear about the poor young men after i have once begun to mention them mother i have changed my quarters am at five hundred two pennsylvania avenue near third street only a little way from the capitol where i was the house was sold and the old lady i hired the room from had to move out and give the owner possession i like my new quarters pretty well I have a room to myself, third-story hall bedroom. I have my meals in the house. Mother, it must be sad enough about Nance and the young ones. Is the little baby still hearty? I believe you wrote a few weeks after it was born that it was quite a fine child. I see you had a draft in the third congressional district. I was glad enough to see Jeff's name was not drawn. We have had it awful hot here, but there was a sharp storm of thunder and lightning last night and today it is fine. Mother, do any of the soldiers I see here from Brooklyn or New York ever call upon you? They sometimes say they will here. Tell Jeff I got a letter yesterday from W. E. Worthen, in which he sent me some money for the men. I have acknowledged it to Mr. W. by letter. Well, dear mother, I must close. Oh, how I want to see you all! I will surely have to come home as soon as this Richmond campaign is decided then i want to print my new book love to matt write to a fellow often as you can walt twenty four washington may thirtieth eighteen sixty four dearest mother i have no news at all to write this time i have not heard anything of the fifty first since i last wrote you and about the general war news only what you see in the papers grant is gradually getting nearer and nearer to richmond Many here anticipate that should Grant go into Richmond, Lee will make a side movement and march up west into the north, either to attempt to strike Washington or to go again into Pennsylvania. I only say if that should happen, I for one shall not be dissatisfied so very much. Well, mother, how are you getting along home? How do you feel in health these days, dear mother? I hope you are well and in good heart yet. I remain pretty well my head begins to trouble me a little with a sort of fullness as it often does in the hot weather singular to relate the first massachusetts artillery boy charles cutter is still living and may get well i saw him this morning i am still around among wounded same but will not make you feel blue by filling my letter with sad particulars i am writing this in willard's hotel hurrying to catch this afternoon's mail mother do you get your letters now next morning as you ought? I got a letter from the postmaster of Brooklyn about it, said if the letters were neglected again to send him word. I have not heard from home now in some days. 
I am going to put up a lot of my old things in a box and send them home by express. I will write when I send them. Have you heard anything from Mary or Han lately? I should like to hear. Tell Jeff he must write, and you must too, mother. I have been in one of the worst hospitals all the forenoon, it containing about sixteen hundred. I have given the men pipes and tobacco. I am the only one that gives them tobacco. Oh, how much good it does some of them. The chaplains and most of the doctors are down upon it, but I give them and let them smoke. To others I have given oranges, fed them, etc. Well, dear mother, good-bye. Love to Maddie and Sis. Walt. Fred McReady is coming home very soon on furlough. Have any of the soldiers called on you? 25. Washington, June 3, 1864. Dearest Mother, your letter came yesterday. I have not heard the least thing from the 51st since. No doubt they are down there with the army near Richmond. I have not written to George lately. I think the news from the army is very good. Mother, you know, of course, that it is now very near Richmond indeed, from five to ten miles. Mother, if this campaign was not in progress, I should not stop here, as it is now beginning to tell a little upon me, so many bad wounds, many putrefied, and all kinds of dreadful ones. I have been rather too much with, but, as it is, I certainly remain here while the thing remains undecided. It is impossible for me to abstain from going to see and minister to certain cases, and that draws me into others, and so on. I have just left Oscar Cunningham, the Ohio boy. He is in a dying condition. There is no hope for him. It would draw tears from the hardest heart to look at him. He is all wasted away to a skeleton, and looks like someone fifty years old. You remember I told you a year ago when he was first brought in, I thought him the noblest specimen of a young western man I had seen, a real giant in size, and always with a smile on his face. Oh, what a change! He has long been very irritable to everyone but me, and his frame is all wasted away. The young Massachusetts first artillery boy, Cutter, I wrote about, is dead. He is the one that was brought in a week ago last Sunday, badly wounded in breast. The deaths in the principal hospital I visit, Armory Square, average one an hour. I saw Captain Baldwin of the 14th this morning. He has lost his left arm, is going home soon. Mr. Kalbfleisch and Anson Herrick, M.C. from New York, came in one of the wards where I was sitting writing a letter this morning in the midst of the wounded. Kalbfleisch was so much affected by the sight that he burst into tears. Oh, I must tell you, I gave in Carver Hospital a great treat of ice cream a couple of days ago. Went round myself through about fifteen large wards. I bought some ten gallons. Very nice. You would have cried and been amused, too. Many of the men had to be fed. Several of them I saw cannot probably live, yet they quite enjoyed it. I gave everybody some. Quite a number of western country boys had never tasted ice cream before. They relish such things as oranges, lemons, etc. Mother, I feel a little blue this morning, as two young men I knew very well have just died. One died last night, and the other about half an hour before I went to the hospital. I did not anticipate the death of either of them. Each was a very, very sad case, so young. Well, Mother, I see I have written you another gloomy sort of letter. 
I do not feel as first-rate as usual. Walt You don't know how I want to come home and see you all, you dear mother and Jeff and Matt and all. I believe I am homesick, something new for me. Then I have seen all the horrors of soldiers' life and not been kept up by its excitement. It is awful to see so much and not be able to relieve it. End of Letters of 1864, 21-25